Zakawani, the flying winger. Oh, goodness me! He doesn't mean anybody, Steve Zakawani! Steve Zakawani was never fun to stick up against. Was it for Zakawani? None of this is possible. It's Steve! It's Steve! <laughs> this is so weird. Steve Zakawani! Hey, what's up, everyone? Steve Zakawani here, and welcome to another episode of Winging It with Zakawani. We're back here in downtown Seattle. Um, it's a great cloudy day, but there's lots to talk about. The Sounders, of course, back on the pitch this weekend at home against Montreal Impact. We'll preview that, kind of talk about the matchups, what to expect, and hopefully some keys to the Sounders picking up a very much needed three points. And we have your questions on the Ask Zach hashtag. I will get to those in just a bit. I do want to begin with the big news over the weekend. It was an off weekend for the Sounders, but MLS was very much at the forefront of world news when it comes to this sport. The big signing, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And this is kind of like the throwback Thursday of big name signings because the league's kind of stepped away from doing this kind of signing where it's the big name aging European star who's come here to finish this, his, his career in this league. He earned this league, the reputation of a retirement league and all of those things. The league's largely moved from that. You've seen a lot more young players as DPs and as TAM players. And it's been a while since a groundbreaking global signing like this, someone who has clout on and off the pitch, took place. Personally, I'm for it. And here's why. It's actually indirectly related to Ibrahimovic. In 1998, I was a kid in London. I was playing for Arsenal. I was at the game, Arsenal versus Manchester United, um, taking place that year. And I was in the stands with my mother. And there was a Swedish guy making his debut for Arsenal. And he came onto the pitch. And Arsenal won 3-0 against Man U. And he scored. And the guy's name was Frederick Lundberg. And none of us at that point had heard of him, but he came on and made a massive impression, scoring on his debut against our heated rivals, Manchester United. He went on to have a fantastic career at Arsenal. And while I played for Arsenal in the youth team, they would give us two tickets to the first team games every week. And when you were in the stands, you had to come in on the next practice and give a report of what the player in your position did well and did poorly on that weekend's game. And I was a winger. And so was Freddie Lundberg. So I was compiling reports on Freddie Lundberg for about two years. Him and another French player called Robert Perez. And I'd throw Thierry Henry in there every now and then because he was always scoring. Fast forward to 2009. 11 years after I watched Freddie Lundberg's debut. I'm in a hotel room in St. Louis and Alexi Lalas calls my phone. And he asked me, where do you want to be drafted? This is the day of the draft. MLS Super Draft 2009. And without hesitation, I said, Seattle. Why, he says. I said, they've sold the most season tickets. They're going to break records. And they have two players I've heard of. Casey Keller and Freddie Lundberg. Signing Freddie Lundberg was a stroke of genius for this franchise because when we arrived in training camp and the season began, having a player of that caliber, name brand recognition, whether it was for his play or his underwear Calvin Klein commercials, That's a, you're, you, you be the judge of that. But having him here was huge when friends back home would ask me, which team did you play for? 
It wasn't just Seattle and then they said who? It was Seattle, same team as Freddie Lundberg. It immediately legitimized my standing as a professional footballer that I was on the same team as someone who played at the highest levels of this game. That's what Zlatan does. This isn't just any signing. This is bigger than a Steven Gerrard, a Frank Lampard. Those guys are great players. They don't have the off-field name of Ibrahimovic. He is a global superstar celebrity. He's kind of built it up himself, and he's also won everywhere he's gone. And that's a good thing for this league. Off the pitch, he's in the same bracket as, I would say, David Beckham and maybe Thierry Henry off the pitch. And if on the pitch, he can be anywhere near Giovinco, David Villa, if he can reach any of those levels, Robbie Keane, Oba, it's going to be a win-win for MLS. But it's great to see the league kind of head back to that because in the early years here in Seattle, no matter how it ended, were eternally grateful for having Freddie Lundberg in that first year, all the assists he got, the way he carried the team. Me as a young player, um, I was number 11, he was number 10. And back then at Starfire, at training, our lockers were number ordered. I sat next to him every day, absorbing all the knowledge, knowledge I could. I watched the runs he made. I watched what he did against certain defenders that I'd be going up against. I watched the way he was in training. I, I, I spent so much time just absorbing without talking. And then when I got the chance to ask him questions, I did so. As a young player, that was huge. And that's why having these big name European players coming over who've achieved a lot, it's a lot more than just hoopla and, you know, selling shirts. Think about what the young players at the Galaxy and the older players can learn from Zlatan. Inter Milan, Manchester United, Ajax, Barcelona. He's played everywhere. Juventus, and he's won everywhere. Scored a bunch of goals. So it's kind of a throwback for the league to go back to that model. It's not directly beneficial to the Sounders, but it is beneficial to MLS as a whole if... It succeeds. And here's to hoping that it does. Much more to come on the Winging It with Zakawani podcast. I will get to some of your questions. I'll be having Kelvin Leardam joining me on the podcast. Um, one of my favorite people to talk to. Very, very knowledgeable about the game. I'm extremely intelligent on and off the pitch. And we had a great um, conversation lined up for you. So stay tuned. I'll be right back on Winging It with Zakawani. These are stretches you have to go through, and uh, this this will make you stronger. And uh, it's better to have it. Uh, it's never good to lose, but it's better to have it in the in the beginning of the season and at the end. You know, uh, the end of the season is where we where, when when you can win prizes. And uh, I hope uh, we turn it around and uh, make a great make a great run again, and uh, and uh, bring uh, yeah prizes to the city, to this team, to this club, and uh, yeah make history. And welcome back. You're listening to Winging It with Zakwani. I am Steve Zakwani. Let's get to a couple of questions here that you've sent in. Here's a question, not on the Sounders, but on another very prominent Seattle soccer team. And the question is, what are your thoughts on the Seattle Reigns season opening win? I do have thoughts. I'm a big fan of many of the players on that team, a big fan of that ownership group and what they're doing for the city of Seattle and the soccer community here at large. A uh, big fan of Beverly, of Megan Rapinoe, Jess Fishlock is probably my favorite player on that team. So it's a great team, and Rapinoe, no surprise, had a fantastic free kick at the weekend. So I think the better the Seattle Reign does, the better it is for all of us here who are lovers of this beautiful game um, in this city. So 
Long live the rain. And, you know, if you can ever get down to a game, you should, because having world-class players in our own backyard um, is huge. So big fan of the Seattle rain. Great start to the season for them. And I'll be keeping an eye on them as the season goes on. The next question here is, are we going to see Wingo get some minutes? I like his pace and we've looked slow. To be honest with you, I have no idea who we will see on the weekend. There's so much up in the air because this is being recorded before the nas- most of the national team games that are still to come. The US have not yet played at the time of this recording. Um, I'm not sure the kind of shape that Torres and Christian Rodin and Gustav Svensson, those guys will return in. You know, the long flights and the travel and the training at high intensity with great players. We're not sure what kind of shape they'll return to Seattle in, which day they'll even get back. Is it 48 hours before the game? Is it you know, 24 hours before the game? We're really not sure. So then the injury side with Nico Ladero, Osvaldo Alonso, Will Bruin. There's still a lot of question marks there. Um, best case scenario, everyone returns from the national team duty in tip-top shape. Injuries clear up and Brian Schmetzer puts out as strong an 11 as he can without Clint Dempsey and Jordan Morris. But more likely we'll see something in between. Some guys will be okay to go. Some guys probably wouldn't have recovered. But that doesn't change that I think Montreal is a must-win game no matter who's out there. So, Really not sure who we'll see out there, but um, we are hoping that everyone returns in good shape and that the guys who are here training to get fit will be ready to go. I had a chance to sit down with Kelvin Leardam this past weekend. Uh, We covered his return to the team, how he's enjoyed his time in Seattle so far, and also his love, a mutual love he and I share for another popular American sport. So he had a lot of good gems to drop in this interview, and the city of Seattle and the Sounders are very fortunate to have someone like Kelvin Leardam here. Take a listen, and I'll be right back. Kelvin, first things first. You played your first 90 minutes yeah. um, this past um, weekend. Um, How do you feel just from a physical standpoint? Um, it was a little bit more difficult when we got to, to 10 men, but I'm happy I'm back after, I think, 26 days without training. I've only had, uh, before this game, four full trainings with the team, so to play 90 minutes, it's, uh, it's, it's good, it's good. How far do you think you are from, because I know there's fitness and then there's match fitness, which is different. How far do you think you are from being back to feeling 100% match fit? Oh, I need to put some work in training because I've seen my, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's, uh, I'm skinny, but uh, even I can see it, so it's easier to see. But uh, I think maybe two, three games and uh, winning makes everything a little bit more easy. So, uh, yeah, maybe two, three games and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully with experience from our team and things I've uh, um, encountered before in my career. So hopefully I can manage my game. Let's rewind a little bit to last summer. You come to Seattle and you settle in very quickly yeah. and you help this team get so many clean sheets and go on an you know, unbeaten streak. What was the secret? How were you able to come in here and become such a key player defensively right away? Um, I think it's it has to do with my past. Like I've uh, I've been out of home since I'm 16. I never grew up with my parents since uh, since I've been one year old. So I think uh, it makes you adapt quick uh, quicker to different different surroundings. And um, yeah, and it's also easier when you when you have teammates uh, who helps you around. Uh, from from the first day, I had a click with Steph and with Gustav, um, and uh, that, that that helps. That helps a lot, and uh, and of course, experience with the nine nine or ten seasons in Europe. Um, 
yeah, you need to play the game. It's, it's football is everywhere the same. It's just try to read the game. And of, of course, you know it, how it goes. Uh, you came from England over here too. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just trying to adapt as quickly as possible. And uh, I think I managed, I managed, to do it, uh, managed to do it well. And uh, speaking a little bit of English helps. Yeah, of course. As an attacking player, for me, I remember there was games, if we're winning 2-0 or 3-0, there's five minutes left, my job is done, I'm happy. One of my memories of you last season was I think the team was winning 3-0 and in the maybe 85th, 86th minute, the other team almost scored and you came in and made a tackle and you got up and you were super passionate, yelling at your guys, come on guys, concentrate. And I'm sitting up there in the booth watching you thinking, you know, a clean sheet means so much to this guy. Because yeah. winning three points is secure, but you still wanted to keep it going. Yeah. Where does that mentality come from? Uh, first of all, I know how, how goalkeepers think, so for Steph... It, it means a lot to have a clean sheet if, if, you, if you see the other goalkeepers in the league. You always want to be the best. And for a defender, uh, you never get the, the same recognition the attackers get. Everybody sees the, the pretty things, uh, the nice goals, the, the nice true ball. And for defenders, it's, it's difficult to, 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 get, to get the recognition. If you, for example, if you see the, the golden ball thing, it's always going to the attackers, but... I like Sergio Ramos personally. I like Umtiti from Barcelona, but they will never win it because the people only see the pretty thing. So for me, it's, uh, it gives me a good feeling when me and uh, me and my, uh, my my fellow defenders and the goalkeeper and maybe Christian or Ozzy, Gustav, the pencils playing, can keep the zero. And um, yeah, that, that, it gives me a good feeling because because uh, that's the only way that's the only way people will look at us when we when we keep like 10 or 11 games to zero they will say hey, the defense the defenders of Seattle are doing very well that's the only way but most of the time you know we'll stay in the background and they'll say oh what a nice goal from from Clint what a nice goal from from Will you know so that's the only way for us to 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 feel good your time here in Seattle since July when you came has been 99% positive but yeah. i have to ask the 1% what happened in toronto <sighs> Yeah, it's 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 difficult. I've seen. <laughs> I think uh, when, an hour after the game, I watched the game back. An hour after the game, you watched it back. Yeah, when we when we went back in the bus, I have the app on my phone, so you can check everything back. And uh, it's it's disappointing. We did we never we never managed to 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 control the game. I think that's uh, that's a key for our team um, in in this league to control the game. We managed to control so many games, uh, decide the pace, um, make opponents do what we want them to do. And in this game, it was just differently. Toronto, they just, in Holland, they will say they just grab us by the throat from the beginning, from the start, and they never, they, they not, they never let go. And um, we are lucky that, uh, that, uh, that Steph had a fantastic game. Um, he would be the MVP if we won the game, so that says, that says enough. You never want your goalkeeper to, to do too much, but um, on the other hand, it's his job. And um, I think Toronto deserved to win. As, as a sportsman, they uh, they were the better team. And I think we just need to 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 get our, uh, to get everything back together. And uh, like we, we didn't start good also this season, so we need to get everything back together and try to dominate and win and watch everything game by game and try to get back there. It's, it's not it's not easy, but we're, we're going to try it. I was going to ask you because every athlete and soccer player is different um, how they deal with losses. Some people. No matter if the game went good or bad, they move on to the next one. Others, they think it over, they worry about it. If you're watching the final an hour after the game, yeah. I already know which kind you are. Yeah. So your off-season, was, was were you able to clear your mind and forget about it and get ready for this season, or was it still on your mind during the off-season? Um, 
when I get back to, to Holland, of course, the press and people, they, they, they're going to ask you questions. And, and then you get, reminded, uh, uh, you get reminded about the game. But me, I just let it go. I watch it back. But two, three days after, I just let it go because um, you, can, you can change it. Just try to learn from your mistakes. That's why I watch the games back. Let's try to learn from our mistakes, things I did wrong in that game. And uh, hopefully uh, I can work on it and keep, uh, go to the next game and try to be a better version of myself. And uh, that's why I watch all my games back. And uh, So I just, I just, I just let, it, let it be how it is. Toronto, they had the same mentality as we, as we had, go in the game and try to win it. But they were just a better team. And uh, sometimes you need to applaud for a team that's better than you. And this was their time. Slow start to this season. It's still very early. Yeah. Um, what's it going to take to kind of turn this around and get back to where this team really should be? Um, first of all, um, um, we need to we need to uh, be better in possession. Sometimes, like the Dallas game, we lost too too many easy balls, give Dallas too many opportunities to win the ball in midfield, and um, and just get an easy shot on on, on the goal. Like um, we just lost too many balls in our own half and. I think if we get these things out of a game, um, we will be able to control many, many games in this league because I think a lot of teams have respect for Seattle and uh, we earned it to, to get this, this much of respect. So um, it's, it's not going to be an easy thing. We are the winners in the West, so teams want to beat us. Um, but I think we have uh, uh, smart enough players to, to control games and win games uh, just how we want to win the game. So Is it too early in the locker room for guys to like panic and have players only meetings and things like that it always is a case of like, we know we're good enough let's just keep doing what we're doing and we'll change it where's the balance between um, I think in locker rooms people always will talk um, it's, it's normal even if you win games people will talk so um, but for me it's uh, important that we stick together uh, winning makes everything much easier so it's <laughs> let's go to the next game and try to win as, as, as quick as possible so everything will be uh, more positive, and as the as 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 the season will go, I think uh, we're going to be where we have to be. And uh, I think we have a good team. Individual quality is very high in this team, so compared to other teams, I think. And I always believe in myself and in my teammates. So I think uh, uh, winning winning will change a lot. So how's it being living in the U.S. away from the football, away from that, just being in America? And have you discovered anything? And like just What's it been like living here? It's uh, you travel a lot as a, as a, as a, as, a, as, a, as an athlete, but the food is different or a lot different. <laughs> Good or bad? Uh, <laughs> Don't answer that. For me, for me, not too good because I've I've gained some weight, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I try to work on it. But um, I try and, I try to learn as much of the of, of the culture as I can as, as I can. It's uh, it's uh, it's similar to Europe. So uh, it's it's not that difficult, but sometimes uh, you need to adjust to to what people are used to here. So I try to adjust as much as possible, and uh, of course I have my things from home. And uh, but I try to I try to adjust to the American way of living. Uh, as have much you as possible. been able to kind of get into other sports, NFL, baseball, basketball? No, I want to watch basketball games, but. We don't have a team over here, so I hope when we uh, when we play somewhere in the in the east or so, when we have maybe two or three days, that I can go and watch a game. But I haven't I haven't got the time yet. I've seen I've seen some Seahawks games. I watch Mart matches Madness now, so I'm um, I'm integrated, so I'm I'm watching everything, 
So you, you like you like the NBA? I like the NBA. You have a favorite player, favorite team? Um, I'm more of a, I'm more of a player guy. Uh, this season, I follow the Lakers a lot. The young guys that they are not playing well, but it's a young team and it goes with up and downs. But I think my favorite player in the league is maybe Kawhi Leonard or uh, or, or or Kevin Durant, but. I like the easygoing guys, so Kawhi Leonard for me. Kawhi Leonard, good player. The experience for you playing in front of the Seattle fans at CenturyLink, because I remember for me it was, because we hadn't really seen that in MLS when I came here. Yeah. And they came the first week, I said that was great, but I wasn't sure they'd come back next week, and they kept yeah. coming back, and it's been nine or ten years now, and every week it's a great atmosphere. What's that experience like as a player? It's great to feel the support of the, of the, of the, of the fans. People who, who will come in good and bad times, you know. Uh, some teams, some teams you see, I, I can't call names, but some teams you see when it goes good, the stadiums are full. When it goes bad, it's a lot. Em- it's, it's. Uh, you see a lot of empty, empty seats, and uh, for the sound, it's different. What I've seen, of course, I've been in a in a stretch where everything was going very well, and uh, but what I've heard from you now and from the from the team, from the guys in the locker room, like they are always here, they will always support, they will always let the the opponents hear of them. And uh, that's good. That reminds me of Feyenoord in uh, in Holland. Uh, I remember one time we lost. Uh, I don't want to say it, but we lost 10-0 from PSV. Ten? Oh, yeah, 10-0. We had a very <laughs> young team. A very young team. I got a red card in that game. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't like to talk about it, but just to show you the appreciation of the fans. And uh, and uh, we played that game. We lost. What I said, 10-0. But if you see that team now, the players I played there. Wijnaldum from Liverpool, he was in that team, so you learn of these moments. But what I want to say, like, after the game, we had a meeting with the fans because they were angry. You it's met normal. With, met with the fans? With the fans. They came into our locker room. When we got back from, uh, from uh, PSV, came into our locker room. We had, a, we had a sit. And then three days later, we had a game. The only thing they said, we want you guys to work hard because we were young. We had a home game against VVV. 50,000 people. After a after game, we lost 10-0. So it reminds me of those fans. So it's, uh, it's a great feeling when you feel the support of people uh, who, come, who come and watch your game and uh, trying to be as positive as possible. Yeah. When, when I look at you and I watch from the outside, I'm not in the locker room now, but I know enough about the team. I watch you. You're one of the leaders on the team. Yeah. The way you play, you came on in the game against Chivas. Yeah. And it wasn't a great game for the team, mm-hmm. but the vibe changed. Everything was calm. You were trying to dictate the play and slow the team down and pointing guys where to go. Sometimes it's not easy as a new player to come into a team and do this, but you've done this right away. Are you the same on the field and in the locker room too? Are you vocal or do you try to lead by example? Um, for me, it's important that you, uh, that you, that you talk with, that you, that you know everything of your teammates, not, not the personal life, but know the character and things like that. So you know how to, how to talk to them. Um, and I've learned this from, uh, you know, Gio, of course, from Arsenal. I know when I came into the first team, he took me under his, uh, yeah, under his, uh, I don't know how you say it exactly. Under his but wing. Under his wing. Yeah. And he helped me a lot. The same from uh, John Thomason. Yeah. So I always remember that. They never, they never break me down. Or even if I make mistakes, they come to me in the locker room. Hey, you've done this, this, this today. Maybe if you try this the next time, it will go, go much. And, and it's the same thing I try to do with young guys. I don't need to talk to Clint about you have to do this, or Chad, who's 15 years in the league, or Nico, who's gone to a World Cup with Uruguay. But guys like Nuhu, Dilam, Tony, uh, I can always try to give them 
some advice, and um, and they decide what they what they do with it. So I try to I, I try to do it that way because that's the only way to get better as a team, and that's the only way uh, guys will respect you. And I'm not gonna yell at young guys because I've never I've never uh, been yelled at. I've always got the uh, I've always got tips how to get better, and that's the same thing I try to do. Well, really good. Uh, Team-wise, not many teams in any sport, especially in football, can get to three finals yeah. in a row. But that's the goal here, I'm sure. Yeah. That's the goal. We're so far from December right now. But you think, when you look around the locker room right now, the team as it is has the talent and ability to get back to a final? Yeah, I think, I think we have the ability. It's, uh, it's, a, it's all about just getting uh, twists and takes on things. And just get get the focus, the mindset, and on, on just winning. Now, of course, there are a little bit of distractions um, because you lose games. People will ask questions, and that's that's normal in top sport. But I think we have the right mentality, the right players. Um, um, we've got experience and young guys, guys in the middle of the twenties. So I think the the. Uh, the balance in the team is right. So I think we can get back there, but it's not going to be easy because you've not won the West uh, twice in a row. You've been to the finals. You won and lost it. So everybody is hunting you and Toronto. And, um, and you see it. We lost two times. Toronto was two times because everybody wants to beat us. And it's, it's not going to be easy, but if we, make it, if, we, if we make it again, I think people will respect us uh, give her much more respect than, uh, than we get right now. You're not thinking about this now. You've got a long time left to play. But if I said that I see in your future coaching, am I correct? Yeah. You're going to go down that path. Did you always want to be a coach? Um, the first coach who told me this, I think I was, I was 16 or 17 years. Uh, he's now the assistant coach of Feyenoord. He told me this. He said, every... I'm going to give you one tip because you always talk in the pitch, outside the pitch, you help your teammates. And he told me the only advice I'm going to give you is write everything you see or learn from a coach. And since then I've been doing it. And um, every good exercise I have in, in here and in Holland, I'm, I'm just going to use and uh, hopefully I can help young guys later with it. So I want to do it, but... It's, it's a long way there, and uh, let me focus on soccer. <laughs> I think playing, playing is a lot more fun than, than coaching, but I want to be there. I, I always watch Guardiola. I always read his quotes. I don't like Mourinho, but everybody can <laughs> decide for himself. Yeah. And uh, I already know how, if I'm going to be a coach, how I want to play, how I want my players to feel. And um, it's a long way, but um, I've got it all here. Kelvin, always a pleasure. Man. Yeah. Always a pleasure. Nice to meet you. Nice to see you. <laughs> <laughs> That was Kelvin Laydam. So once again, thanks to him for joining me right here on the podcast, Winging It with Zakawani. It was a great sit down. I know you got a lot out of that. And we wish Kelvin and the rest of the guys good luck this weekend. And that leads me into my big three things to leave you on this edition of the podcast. Number one, performance versus result. Now, if you meet me on any day of the week, usually anywhere in the world, and you ask me performance or result when it comes to this sport, I'm a big proponent on performance because I believe that playing well, you do things the right way, you play the game the right way, you stay true to the principles of this game, that it normally leads to good results. 
At times, when you're trying to play well and build an identity and build a style, results will suffer because there's a lot of growing pains and it's a learning curve. But you have the belief that down the line, it's going to pay off. And if we keep playing well, we will eventually get our reward and start to win games. That's why I love Pep Guardiola. I love the old Brazil teams that almost played two at the back and had that six forwards and everyone was doing rainbows and flicks and bicycle kicks. and all that. Like, I love that because performance for me, if a team has an identity, whatever it is, and sticks to it, they start to play well, chemistry builds, I believe that leads to results. That's usually. This week, that goes out the window. The Sounders just need to win. Don't care how they do it. Don't care if they complete three passes or not. Don't care if it's three own goals and it's a 3 0 win. Doesn't matter. You have to win. There comes a time where voices like myself can sit here and say to you, don't panic, don't panic, we'll be okay. But that's only made credible and verified if the team actually picks up a win and then I say, told you so, that's why you shouldn't panic. If a team keeps losing, no matter how optimistic I am, you probably should panic. So I'm hoping that this weekend my credibility is restored and the Sounders win and don't care how they do it. Brian Schmetzer will take a horrible performance and three points than the best football play that CenturyLink that you've ever seen. There were one-twos and overlaps and third-man running and given goals and shots on target and the fans were screaming it was great. And then Piatti scored in the 90th minute and the team lost 1-0. We don't want that this weekend. Normally, I'm a big believer. You play well, it leads to results. So you, on your path to playing well and figuring out your identity, you can give up one or two games. That's not the case today. Today, this team needs to win this weekend any way how, by any means necessary. Number two ties right into that. Strength in depth. This is a term you'll hear a lot in this sport. Not so much in like basketball or the NFL. This is really used a lot in our sport because from week to week, your starting 11 changes all the time. And when I came into the league, it was kind of you had your 11 and your good teams probably went 14 or 15 deep. Now you need to go 18 to 24 deep if you want to be successful because all the competitions and the games and, you know, the playoffs are longer and, For the Sounders, look at the guys they're missing. We've spoken about this. But those can't be excuses. Everyone who was at Starfire this morning training is being paid to be there. It's a job. You're a professional. You have to perform. You have to step up. One thing about pro athletes, they have ego. Everyone in that locker room thinks they should be starting. You look at the guy in your position and you think, I'm better than him. I should be playing. Well, now's your chance to prove it. Is Osvaldo Alonso getting older? Is he slowing down? Is his body breaking down? I don't think so. But if you're in that locker room and you do, and you get the call to replace him if he's not fit, prove it why you should be there. Henry Wingo, Andualo Bona, young players. You have the talent. You cry for the opportunity. The opportunity is now here. Brian Schmetzer have to be able to count on more than his starting 11, more than his first three subs. Must go deeper than 14. Has to go to 18, 19, 20, 21, maybe more. And it's like games like this weekend where you know Clint Dempsey won't be there. We know what Clint can do. 
come playoffs and come the big games, the derby games, and now the showdown against LA, against Latin. We know what Clint's going to do. But does Brian Schmetzer know what the other guys at the end of the bench or off the bench will do? Strength and depth. You need this squad to step up. Third and finally, the ESPN annual poll of MLS players. I have no idea who they are. So I was never asked when I played. Don't know when this began, but we take their word for it. Um, they polled players and asked a bunch of questions. And one of the more interesting ones is always the underrated players. Who do the players think is underrated? And two names on this list we will see this weekend who are completely don't think should be underrated because they're both fantastic in different ways. But the first one that I believe is probably on his day, a top five player. And I hate to say that before we see him in a few days, but it's the truth. Ignacio Piatti for Montreal. My college teammate, Evan Bush, is the goalkeeper of Montreal. And I've asked him about Piatti. And he's raved about what he does in training and you've seen it in games and I have eyes. I've seen it myself. I saw him torch the Sounders last year in Canada. He's a fantastic player. What makes him so good? He's tall. He dribbles. He, he glides. He, he, he goes left. He goes right. He can shoot. He can finish. He can assist. The guy has it all. And yet, his name isn't mentioned in the circles of a Giovinco, of a David Villa, Diego Valeri even. And dare I say he's been on worse teams than all of those guys? He has to carry more overload then those guys what happens if you switch Valeri and Piatti can Valeri carry the impact to playoffs as Piatti has done I'm not sure but him being on that list should not be the case he's one of the finest talents we've seen in this league and we should appreciate him while he's here even if he comes to CenturyLink and shows us what he's got across the pitch from him will be another guy on the younger side who needs no introduction to us here in Seattle, Christian Rodan. He's a guy who I was slow to jump on the bandwagon because I've seen it before with young players. One good season, a few good games, I've seen it. But when you sustain it for three years and you lessen the impact of an Osvaldo Alonso being injured, when you're endorsed by one of the great midfielders of this region, Gonzalo Pineda, when I sit at dinner with Jimmy Trowry and he raves about Christian Rodan, this is the real deal. And I can't figure out what makes him so good. He's strong. He's quick. He can pass, cover so much ground. He wins so many one-on-one duels. He can finish when he gets up into that number 10 spot. He's off the ball, running is good. He can dribble with the ball, carrying it. He's an all-around player. And I still get the sense he's just getting started. Christian Rodin being underrated at this stage is criminal. He's someone who, whose talent we should know. And the question we should be asking isn't just is he good, but is how good can he be? This is a future linchpin of the U.S. national team. I have no doubts about that. This is a guy who can play in Europe one day in the big leagues if he wants to, if that's where he's headed. Works hard, eats, breathes, sleeps the game, cares about the game is a leader on the pitch and off the pitch in that locker room, but yet extremely humble, continuing to work hard. Two fantastic talents, Piatti and Rodan, that we will have the pleasure of seeing this weekend in the flesh at CenturyLink. And hopefully it leads 
to a 3-0 Sounders win. I'm calling it. As a fan, speaking with the heart, not the head. That's all I have time for this week. This has been Winging It with Zakwani. I am Steve Zakwani. Thanks for tuning in. And I'll see you next week right here on this podcast, Winging It with Zakwani.